Welcome to Staying the Course. Join us as we navigate the uncompromised Word of God with Pastor Brett Peterson. All right, so two weeks ago, we covered seals two through five of Revelation chapter six, and today we're going to get into the sixth seal. Of all the events in Bible prophecy, there's not one event more talked about than the breaking of the sixth seal. In fact, we're going to find that's called, you can turn to Revelation chapter six, starting at verse 12. The event throughout scripture is called the day of the Lord. Have you ever heard this term? The day of the Lord. It's a significant event uh, that's in all the minor prophets. Uh, It's in Daniel. It's in Revelation. uh, It's even in other New Testament books. It's a day like no other day. Now, as you read through the Bible, it's going to talk about a dark day, a a day where God's judgment is going to be unleashed on this earth and the sun grows dark and the moon doesn't give its light. A day like no other day before, not before it or after it. And we'll find that Jeremiah talks about it. Daniel talks about it. Joel talks about it. Christ talks about it in Matthew 24. And Revelation chapter 6, the breaking of the sixth seal, is that day of the Lord. Now, the day of the Lord we know is going to be over a thousand years. It's the day of the Lord's reign. When he begins to assume authority over this earth, And all the way through the millennial reign to the final judgment, all of that is called the day of the Lord. So it's two bookends of all the events that happen when Christ takes back uh, really possession of the earth. It's also called a glorious day. Why do you think that is? It's a dreadful day in some passages. And then the day of the Lord is a glorious day as well when Christ appears and brings many up and there's a rapture resurrection that takes place on that day it's a glorious day for the church in christ it's a glorious day for heaven because on that day at the beginning the final war in heaven takes place and satan and his demons are finally cast out of heaven we're going to read about it and it's a dreadful day for those who are on the earth because god's judgment the trumpet judgments and bulls of wrath are about to be poured out on this planet So two weeks ago, let's just review the signs we went over. The first seal was the coming of the Antichrist. Both Matthew 24 and Revelation 6 talked about that. And remember, the disciples said, Lord, what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? The coming we found out two weeks ago is the rapture. We went through at least 10 verses that established that coming is a rapture. The second thing we're going to see is war, the second seal. And that's in Matthew 24 and Revelation 6. Third seal is famine. These are all natural events. These are not God's judgment on the planet. Yet, the fourth seal is famine, pestilence, or sickness, terrorism, death by sword, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And the fifth seal are the Christian martyrs, both in Matthew 24, the signs for Christ's coming, and Revelation chapter 6. The sixth seal is what we're going to talk about today. The day of the Lord. It's a dark day. The sun and moon are darkened. Stars fall from the sky. We're going to find out who those stars are. Susie already knows. Uh, The heavens are shaken, and Christ gathers the elect from one end of the sky to the other. And I believe that is the rapture of the church. And so we're going to go through that seal today. Remember at the end of Matthew 24, Christ said, When you see all these things recognize that he is near right at the door for truly I say to you this generation will not pass away until all these things take place I, I, I need to give you a caveat most pastors preach that the sign that they're looking for is the rebirth of the nation of Israel have you heard this and since Israel was born in 1948 that generation won't pass away until the rapture takes place Is that what it says in Matthew 24? Why don't you open your Bibles there real quick. We'll go back to Revelation, Matthew 24, and see exactly what Christ said. Starting at verse 3, Matthew 24, 3. And he, Jesus, was sitting on the Mount of Olives, 
Oh, man, if you haven't been to Jerusalem, some of you have. The Mount of Olives is right across this small valley called the Kidron Valley from the Temple Mount. So it's just a short walk all the way up. And it's not a big mountain. It's more like a hill. And Christ is on the Mount of Olives. He loved to preach there to his disciples. And the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And remember, the end of the age is the end of the church age. It ends with the rapture of the church. We found that last week. Remember, we read in uh, Corinthians that Christ will confirm you blameless even to the end of the age. It's the end of the church age when we are taken out. Jesus answered in verse 4 and said, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. That's the Antichrist. First seal. Verse 6, you'll be hearing of wars, rumors of wars. Second seal. But uh, these things must, oh, see to it that you're not frightened. Uh, uh, For these things must take place, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. That's the second and fourth seal. Uh, In various places there will be famines and earthquakes, the third seal. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. uh, Fifth seal, then they will deliver you to tribulation and kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations on account of my name. At that time, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. That's the apostasy. Many false prophets will arise and mislead many. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved, and the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come, will fulfill the Great Commission. Now, he goes on to say about the abomination and all of that, but skip down to verse 2432. Now, learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branches have already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you too, when you see what? All these things. All what things? Coming coming of the Antichrist, wars and rumors of wars, all the things we just read. It's not just the rebirth of the nation of Israel. In fact, what Christ is saying, when you see these seals start breaking, no, it's, it's quick. It's coming really soon. Recognize he's right at the door. For truly I say this generation will not pass away till all these things take place. Skip down to verse 37 or 36. But of the day or the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the son, but the father alone. Remember, that's a reference to the rapture. The second coming, everybody knows the exact day and the exact hour. How do they know that? From the, from the time the false Messiah enacts the peace treaty with Israel, there'll be exactly seven years. Christ will come at the second coming, and guess what all of Satan and the Antichrist and all the world's armies are doing? They're expecting him to come, and they're gathered at Megiddo to fight Jesus Christ. They know the exact day. So when it says no one knows the day or the hour, that's always referring to the rapture. Are you with me? And then he says this, verse 37, For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. Can't be the second coming, yet most pre-trib scholars say, oh, all of this is the second coming. Well, no, it's not. They know when the second coming is going to happen. The rapture is the only one they don't know the day or the hour. And at the second coming, what's going on on the planet? They just endured... God's wrath, uh, most of the people died, the whole world, every mountain is shaken. It's not like the days of Noah, because here it says like this, verse 38. For as in the days of Noah, before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark, a, a representation of the rapture. That won't happen at the second coming. This, folks, is all about the rapture, Matthew 24. And so when you see all those things, hey, recognize he's close right at the door. And I believe we're on the verge of seeing these things. Let's just go over the seals again. Seal 1, the Antichrist. Seal 2, wars and rumors of wars. Seal 3, famine and locusts, earthquakes. Seal 4, terrorism and pestilence. And seal 5, Christian martyrs. At that time, the Antichrist will have uh, initiated the mark of the beast. No one can buy or sell because the economy crashes right about here during this great worldwide famine. Okay. It's interesting to the letters to the seven churches, one of the churches, Pergamos, they're going to get the hidden manna. 
God's going to provide for them food in the midst of all of this. Christians will uh, have to endure to the end the abomination of desolation. And that brings us to the sixth seal, the great tribulation, the beginning of the day of the Lord. All right. And then judgment and wrath is poured out. And folks, we are not appointed under wrath. We're going to be rescued from the wrath. So we have to go up prior to the breaking of the seventh seal. Um, thank the Lord for that. So the great tribulation, Matthew 24, 22, unless those days have been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of who? It's up there. The elect. Who's the elect? Always the church. Uh, no, uh, uh, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, behold, here is the Christ. Who's going to be looking for Jesus during this time? Only true Christians. What will the Jews think? That the false Messiah, the Antichrist, is the Christ. Uh, what will the apostate church think? They're going to think he's the Christ. What will Muslims think? They're going to think he's the Mahdi who is their savior. Same guy. That's how he's going to build that peace treaty with Israel and them. In fact, no one will be looking for Christ except us. Are you with me? Okay. And if they say, hey, there's a Christ, there he is, do not believe him. For false Christ and false prophets, the false Messiah will arise and show signs and wonders as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I've told you in advance. So if they say to you, behold, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or behold, he's in the room, inner rooms, do not believe him. Who is protected in the wilderness and is commanded to go to the wilderness? Only, only Israel. See, the church and, and pre-trib guys will say, well, that's written to Israel, not to us. Well, no, because Israel has to go to the wilderness where God protects them for the last three and a half years. But we don't. For just as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Not the second coming. That's the rapture. When he comes in the air, in the clouds, second coming, what does he do? Oh yeah, he comes, he fights the battle of Armageddon. Satan and all of them knew the exact day he was going to come. It, 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 it's not a secret. They've gathered to fight him. He wins that battle, goes immediately to uh, the Mount of Olives and puts his feet on the mountain. It splits and he establishes his millennial kingdom. So that is not the second coming. So the sixth seal in Matthew 24. You can compare Matthew 24 starting at verse 29 with all the events of the sixth seal. And guess what? Just like all the seals, they all line up. So Matthew 24, 29, but immediately after the tribulation of those days, and that just means trial or distress, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Remember, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against what? Spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. What powers of heaven are going to be shaken? Satan's power and we're going to get there there's a battle that takes place right at the abomination of desolation as the false messiah goes into the rebuilt temple and says guess what world i'm really god everybody will reject him he'll be revealed as the false messiah and at that same moment satan in heaven is going into god's throne the tabernacle in heaven as the false messiah goes into the tabernacle on earth and all hell breaks loose in heaven in fact, the last battle between Michael and the good angels and Lucifer and the bad angels. And guess what? They're kicked out once and for all. We're going to read that. So that's the stars. By the way, angels are often referred to as stars. I'm going to give you the verses in a minute. Uh, and the powers of heaven, that's the demonic powers of heaven. They're going to be shaken and cast to the earth. Wow. Okay. Um, and then the sun, sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Everyone's going to see him, but he doesn't come to the earth yet. This is the rapture. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angel with a great trumpet. And they will gather together his elect, the church, from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. We go up and the angels gather us to Christ. Okay. Wow, that's good stuff. First Thessalonians 1.10, it says, And await for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath 
that is to come. We're not appointed under wrath. We have to go up prior to the wrath. Okay, let's look at Revelation 6, starting at verse 12. I had you turn there earlier. You can turn back to it now in our text. That's where we've made it. And it says, I looked and he broke the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake. Was that one of the signs Christ gave in Matthew 24? And the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair and the whole moon became like blood. What does Matthew 24 say? The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. Could we say those are the same signs? Okay, let's go to the next one. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree casts its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. The next sign Christ said in Matthew 24, the stars will fall from the sky. Same signs, same order, just like all the seals. Okay. Revelation 6:14. the sky was split apart like a scroll when it's rolled up. Every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And that's the powers of heaven being shaken. And I believe it's spiritual. Verse 15, then the kings of the earth, does that include the Antichrist? Absolutely. He is the king of the earth and all those in his, his thing. The kings of the earth, the great men, the commanders, and the rich, the strong, every slave, every man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the presence. Guess what that is? The perusa, the appearing of Jesus Christ, of he who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath is come, and who is able to stand? And in the midst of that, we see the rapture taking place. All right. And so that's why we put it right after the abomination, just prior to the wrath. Remember the first sermon preached to the church by Peter? You know, God always does bookends. Remember, we found that out when we started the book of Revelation. It starts with this and it ended with that. In fact, all the Bible, it's written by one author through 40 scribes. Who's the author? Could we say God, the Father, maybe Jesus Christ, since he is the Logos, the Word of God? It could be that Christ, through the agency of the Holy Spirit, inspired men to write 40 guys to write 66 books. And this is God's word to us. Make no mistake about it. The very first sermon written to the church gives us a clue to the very last event the church will see on this planet. Let's read part of it. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. This is right after the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was poured out. Remember, they all began to speak in tongues. And it's the only time they allowed everyone to speak in tongues. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 through 14, Paul wrote, hey, if there's a tongue in the assembly, let it be by two or three, each in turn and let one interpret. And if there's no interpreter, they must keep silent in the church. We all can't speak in tongues at the same time. It's out of order. The Bible says no. But at Pentecost, it was a new thing. And God gave everybody the gift of interpretation. So remember, it says, and they all, people from all these places all over the world, he lists them in Acts chapter 2. He says, they all heard them speaking in their own language. So in that particular instance, but this is right after that, and Peter in a sermon said this, Acts 2, 17. It shall be in the last days. Are we in the last days? Okay, now remember this. The last days did not begin until 1917. How do we know that for a fact? Because the Bible says, in the last days, God says, I will draw my people back to the land of Israel. Well, in Acts 2.17, they were still in Jerusalem. Acts 2.17, at Pentecost, the Jews had not been dispersed. That didn't happen until 70 AD, when the emperor Titus and the Roman legions came, conquered Jerusalem, and tore apart the temple. Okay. Then the Jews were dispersed, and God said, in the last days, I'll draw my people back to the land of Israel. That happened in 1917 in the Balfour Declaration when Britain took over Palestine and called them back. So Peter's preaching to us. I mean, these last days began in 1917. And he says, and it shall be to the church in the last days. God says that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Are we going to see a revival in these last days? Absolutely. In fact, it's called the latter rain. There's a prior lane and a, and a latter rain. But unfortunately, it's going to be in the remnant bride of Christ, those who faithfully 
contend for the faith, persevere, and endure to the end. But we will do great things for the kingdom of God. Notice this. Um, all of us are young, so we all will see visions. And anyone dreaming dreams yet? No, I've dreamed dreams too. <laughs> Oh, man, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth my spirit and they shall prophesy. And prophecy literally means to declare God's word. There's two types of prophecy. Didactic is this. If you just read the Bible to somebody, guess what you're doing? Prophesying, you're declaring the word of God. But sometimes it's predictive. Okay, and that's where you get the predictive prophecy. Now, note what he says, church. Here's what to look for. And I will grant wonders in the sky above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke, and the sun will be turned to darkness, six seal, Matthew 24, and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. The blessed hope the rapture of the church, given clearly in the first sermon to the church. Okay, wow. Okay, I can't wait for that end time revival to pour out. It's gonna happen. All right, oh. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, Acts 2.21. We're gonna, we're gonna fulfill the Great Commission during this time. So Peter preached about the event of the sixth seal, Revelation 6, 12. I looked and he broke the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. Sun became black as sackcloth made of hair and the whole moon became like blood. What did he say in the sermon? The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. It's the glorious return of Christ, the rapture of the church, the marriage supper of the lamb, the bema seat of Christ. The bride has made herself ready. All right. That is the day of the Lord, and it will begin wrath on this earth as we are rescued and Israel protected in the wilderness for the last three and a half years. Also, the 144,000 will be sealed. So the great day of the wrath has come, and who is able to stand after the sixth seal with the breaking of the seventh seal? All right. And we know 1 Thessalonians 1.10, uh, we wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is to come. That's why the rapture has to take place prior to that. A lot of academics and scholars are post-trib. What do I mean by post-trib? They think Christ isn't, the second coming of Christ is the rapture. So he's going to come at the second coming. We'll, we'll have to endure all the wrath of God. And then Christ will come, we'll go up and immediately come back down and reign with him for a thousand years. The Bible does not uh, indicate that whatsoever. He is going to catch us up into the clouds. That's the rapture of the church. All right. So rescues us. The word is very specific in the Greek. It's rumea, and it literally means to draw or snatch from danger, to rescue, to deliver. In fact, usually you would use this word if someone was in danger, like in a house and the house was burning, and you rescued them out of the house. Okay. So that's the idea of being caught up and rescued. In fact, we get the term rapture from harpazo in the Greek, which is raptura in Latin, and it literally means to snatch up forcibly, to be caught up, to be rescued. Are you with me? Okay. All right. And we wait, so yeah, we're, we're going to skip that one. All right. First Thessalonians 1.9, For they themselves report, uh, about us what kind of reception you had we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God first Thessalonians 1:10, and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead that is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath who that is to come remember the rapture in Titus 2:13, waiting for the blessed hope and the appearing or glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Christ Jesus, our Lord. That is the rapture of the church. And so we wait for that time and he's going to rescue us. So there's two comings left for Christ. What are those? The rapture and the second coming, right? Okay, that's all that's left. First is a rapture. Jesus comes in the clouds and he doesn't set foot on the earth. He doesn't come to fight. He comes to gather the church. Are you with me? Okay. This coming 
always is referenced in the Bible as he comes like a thief in the night. Why is that? Because no man knows the day or the hour, right? And remember, that's the Feast of Trumpets. That's the feast that no one knows the day or the hour because it starts with the crescent moon, the new moon, and they weren't sure what day it would come. So they would set two watchmen, huh, two witnesses, and they would, as soon as they saw the crescent, they would blow the horn and the feast would begin. But no one knew the exact day or the hour, just like the rapture. The second coming is when Christ comes to the earth. He fights the battle of Armageddon. Satan and the Antichrist and their armies are gathered there knowing the exact day. It doesn't come like a thief. They're gathered there purposefully to fight Jesus Christ when he comes. Okay, uh, 1 John 3, 1 through 3 says, See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Do you appropriate that? Do you really know that you're a child of God? It is one of the most glorious things to know that your heavenly father, our heavenly father, our Abba, our daddy in heaven, loves us more than we could ever know. Man, we're children of God. Elsewhere it says not only are we children, but we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We're going to rule and reign with Christ on this earth for a thousand years. Continue on. And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him beloved now we are children of god and it has not appeared as yet what we shall be we know that when he does what appears for the rapture remember not one verse in the bible says the rapture is a secret event that no one sees that all of a sudden people are gone and no one knows where they went aliens might have taken them it always is called the glorious appearing he always appears, and the whole earth mourns when they see him. They're not there to fight the battle of Megiddo when they see him and mourn. They're calling for the rocks to hide them from the wrath that's about to be poured out on this planet. Second coming, they don't mourn. They're there to fight, and he instantly kills them all. Okay, whole different thing. When he appears, we shall be like him, for we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. We're going to be like Christ. That is the rapture. When he appears, we'll be caught up. We will see him as he is, and we'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Oh, I can't wait for that. Ah, I love it. The biggest uh, text for the rapture is 1 Thessalonians 5.2. We all know it. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. That's the rapture. Are you with me? Okay, this is important because pre-trib, scholars always say the day of the Lord is the second coming well the second coming will not come like a thief in the night everybody knows the exact day so the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night while they are saying peace and safety are they saying that at the second coming no second coming they're enduring the wrath of God in fact an angel flies mid heaven we're going to get later in Revelation doing what declaring the gospel and what do they do they blaspheme and curse and will not repent. There, there's no uh, government. There's no anything during that wrath of God. They're not saying, when are they saying peace and safety? Right before the abomination of desolation, when the false Messiah has finally brought peace to the world, enacted the mark of the beast, and the whole world, remember they killed the two witnesses, and what did they do after they do that? They celebrate. They give gifts, peace and safety. Finally, the two witnesses are dead. Finally, the Christians are subjected. Finally, there's a one world peace under our Messiah, the false Messiah, right? And they're saying, finally, peace and safety. And exactly at that time, the false Messiah goes into the temple. He gets so proud and says, wow, I am God. Peace and safety. Look what I did. It's a false peace, right? And immediately all hell breaks loose. And that's exactly what this says here. Then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child and they will not escape. But you church, you brethren are not in darkness. Note this, that that day would overtake you like a thief. What's he saying there? It's very clear. We will know the signs for the rapture. We won't know the exact day or the hour, 
but it will not overtake us like a thief. We will see the signpost. But for them, right before the abomination of desolation, when they're saying peace and safety, just prior to the day of the Lord, um, man, the rapture is about to take place. All right. It does overtake the apostate church like a thief, though. And we read this in Revelation chapter 3, verse 3. So when, uh, remember what you have received and heard and keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come. Speaking of the rapture. So here's the deal. The apostate church, it'll come like a thief. The whole world, it'll come like a thief. For us, we're going to see the signs and we're going to know not the exact day, but wow, it's right at, we're right here. And that's why it says, when you see these things, lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. That means we're going to see the signs, but the apostate church, it will overtake like a thief. So the day of the Lord begins with the rapture. First Corinthians 1.8, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, who will, speaking of Christ, also confirm you to the end, the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the rapture without doubt, without mistake. The day of the Lord begins with the rapture of Philippians 1.9. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the what? Day of Christ, the day of the Lord, the rapture. 1 Corinthians 1, 7, we already read it, uh, that you're not lacking any gift. That's that last end time outpouring of the Holy Spirit where all the gifts are in operation, awaiting eagerly the revelation. What's revelation again? What does it mean? The unveiling, the revealing, to make manifest something that was at once hidden. This is an appearing, a parousa, who will also confirm you in the end blameless to the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 1 6 for I'm confident of this very thing he who began a good work in you will perfect it until what the day of Jesus Christ the rapture the day of the Lord Philippians 2 16 holding fast the word of life so that in the day of Christ the day of the Lord I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain second Peter 3 10 but the day of the Lord will come like a thief it's the rapture Second, or Titus 2.13, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 6.14, that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, the rapture, he appears, which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And remember Paul in 1 Corinthians 5.5 5 said, I've decided to deliver such a one over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, folks, is the rapture. If you know anyone that holds to a pre-trib, they will say the day of the Lord is the second coming. And yet not one verse around the day of the Lord points to the second coming of Jesus Christ. It all points to the rapture. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 13 says, For we write nothing else to you than what you read and understand, and I hope you will understand until the end. That's the rapture, the end of the church age. Just as you also partially did understand us, that we are your reason to be proud as you also ours in the day of our Lord Jesus. The rapture of the church. I, I always figure that everyone we've witnessed to that have come to the Lord, at the rapture, we're going to be standing around. Remember, there's half an hour uh, of silence in heaven right after the rapture. Do you know that? We're going to get that in Revelation chapter 8 and 7. But there's a half an hour of silence. We're going to be just like looking, and I believe we'll be able to look in the eyes and look at each other, and it'll be like, we did it. We're here. And it'll be so glorious, there'll be silence for half an hour just prior to God's wrath that's poured out. All right, so the events of the sixth seal on a timeline, it's, uh, the first is the abomination just prior to the sixth seal. That's when the false Messiah goes in, gets uh, so puffed up, they're, they're yelling peace and safety. Hey, Messiah, you saved us. You, you brought peace to the world. 
Ah, we're safely dwelling under your protection and your care. Remember, he does false signs and wonders, right? The false Messiah. Okay. So that they've all, they're all like, then he goes in and says, well, not only am I your Mahdi or your Messiah Jews, but I'm God. <laughs> then they're all going to, he'll be revealed as the Antichrist. There's war in heaven. And that begins the breaking of the sixth seal. Sun and moon grows dark. War in heaven, stars, fallen angels, and Satan are cast out. Christ appears in the clouds. The world mourns. They see him. They hide in the rocks of the caves from the presence or appearing of him who sits on the throne and the wrath of the Lamb because it's about to start. The rapture of the church takes place. Israel is taken to the wilderness and protected for three and a half years. 144,000 uh, male Jews that are probably priests are sealed to gather the rest of Israel and, and Israel's kids, people who haven't taken the mark of the beast, to that place in the wilderness where God's protecting them from their wrath. And then the seventh seal is broken and God's wrath begins to be poured out and judgment on this planet. While we're in heaven celebrating the marriage supper of the Lamb, Oh, man, that's going to be a great time. Remember, Christ said, I won't drink wine again until I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. He's been on this fast from wine for all this time. So it's going to be a great banqueting feast at that banqueting table. You ever see the pictures, you know, people paint of that banqueting? Oh, I just can't wait for that. It'll kind of be like when we go to Kathy's house or Angie's house for the, the big, uh, probably, you know, yeah, it'll be something like that. All right, so apostasy and abomination of desolation happened just prior to the day of the Lord. And this is the only verse that gives us the exact timing of the rapture. And we've read it before, but I think it's pertinent to read it in our discussion of the breaking of the sixth seal and the day of the Lord. Second Thessalonians chapter two, starting at verse one. We request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him that you be not quickly shaken from your composure or disturbed either by spirit or message or letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come, the rapture. Let no one deceive you. It will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. And then he tells us how he is revealed. Who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God. Remember, the Jews are going to rebuild their temple, displaying himself as being God. That's the abomination of desolation. Remember, when does the apostasy take place? The rapture, the day of the Lord, same thing, will not happen unless the apostasy happens first and the man of lawlessness, the false Messiah, is revealed when he goes into the temple of God. Go back to Matthew 24. And I'll show you exactly when the apostasy takes place. It's kind of begun, but it's not the apostasy that's going to be the sign. Matthew 24, starting at verse 9. So we already went through some of the seals. Coming a false messiah, wars and rumors of wars, famines, third seal, earthquakes, people dying by sword, fourth seal, fifth seal is verse 9 Matthew 24 then they will deliver you to tribulation and kill you you'll be hated by all nations on account of my name at that time many will fall away that is the apostasy so it's after the first seal coming of antichrist second seal wars and rumors of wars famine third seal famine pestilence and death by sword fourth seal we being hated by the whole world are christians hated by the whole world yet Almost, yeah, by secular society, but there, there are still uh, bastions of Christianity. You know, even you go to the South. We went and saw Jake and them, our old worship leader in, in Texas last week. That's why we weren't here. And, uh, oh, by the way, they, they, they so miss Living Water and miss you guys. They're like, we just can't find a church like Living Water. You know, and, and uh, we're like, well, you guys should come back. Jake said, if I come back, I'm not going back to Texas. Isn't that interesting? Uh, he's not ready to do that. He goes, I'm a Southern California guy. And he goes, I like it here, but um, what, what, what point was I trying to make there? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In their school, it's a secular school. 
guess what? All the teachers pray for the students. They're all Christian. It's part of the Bible Belt kind of thing, you know. So there's, there's places where Christians aren't hated by the whole world yet. You know, even in America, I, I'm not sure we can say we're hated, completely hated yet. But we will get there, and that's when the apostasy takes place. So that has not happened yet. In fact, it won't happen until right about the breaking of the fifth seal. Then we'll be hated by all nations. Then the Antichrist will go in and declare himself God in the temple. And then the rapture will take place. Yes. For three and a half years from the abomination of desolation, seven years from when uh, the Antichrist confirms the covenant for seven years. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So Luke 21, 25 through 28 says there will be signs in the sun and the moon and stars and on earth dismay among nations perplexity at the roaring of the sea and waves men fainting from fear from the expectations of thing which are coming upon the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken that's the war in heaven and then they will see the son of man coming in the clouds with power and great glory but when these things begin to take place straighten up lift up your heads church for your redemption is drawing near now we would look foolish to be looking up all the time right now but when we see these things, we're going to know, man, it is close. The rapture, our redemption, our being taken out is close. The Antichrist is revealed as the Antichrist when he goes into the temple. It's called the abomination of desolation. And this happens just prior to a short period of time known as the time of Jacob's trouble or the great tribulation. And we find that in Jeremiah chapter 30. Now, a lot of pre-trib guys call the whole 70th week of Daniel, the whole last seven years, the time of Jacob's trouble. Okay, that's not what it says. Let, let's, let's read it. So you can read about, we already read men fainting and all of that. And that's what Jeremiah 30 verse 2 through 6 talk about, what we just read in uh, Luke. But Jeremiah 37, alas for the day is great, there is none like it. That's the phrase you need to remember because the day of the Lord, the breaking of the sixth seal is a day like no other day. There's none like it. And it is the time of Jacob's distress, but he will be saved from it. When will Israel be saved? Right after the abomination of desolation, they're taken to the wilderness and protected for three and a half years. What? Uh, God is going to lead them there. And Satan is just cast out of heaven. He's going to be chasing him. Yeah, so, uh, and we'll read it in Revelation 12. He'll be saved from it. It shall come about on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke off their neck and tear up their bonds, and strangers will no longer make them their slaves. He's taken them to the wilderness. They're protected for the last three and a half years. This day like no other day. Let's read about it in Matthew 24. For then there will be great tribulation, such as what? Not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. What did we just read in Jeremiah? A day, there's none like it, not before or after. Unless those days have been cut short, no life has been saved, but for the sake of the elect, the, uh, the days will be cut short. And we already read that. Um, Daniel 12.1. Now at that time, and this is right when the Antichrist camps right outside of Jerusalem and goes in to commit the abomination of desolation. Daniel 12, 1. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard of your, over your people will arise and there will be a time of distress, tribulation, such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. All three, Matthew 24, Jeremiah 30, and Daniel 12 are talking about the same day. And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book will be rescued. Where's the Jews going to be rescued to? The wilderness and protected for three and a half years. There's also a resurrection that takes place. Guess what that is? The first resurrection, the rapture, verse 2 of Daniel 12. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, these to everlasting life, first resurrection, but the others to disgrace everlasting contempt, second resurrection, just before the great white throne judgment. So what we have is all three agree that it's a day 
that there's none like it, not before, not after, and it's right at the breaking of the sixth seal. And we have a time of distress such as never before and never will be again. Daniel 12, 1, Jeremiah 37, Matthew 24, 21. Okay, Scott. No, no, it's the sixth seal. It's the day like no other day. Because in Matthew 24, it talks about it. The sun will grow dark. The moon won't give its light. The powers of heaven will be shaken. All right. The resurrection happens. First resurrection. All right. Uh, Joel talks about it too. Blow a trumpet in Zion. Joel chapter 2, verse 1. And sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming. Surely it is near a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Did not Matthew 24, Revelation 6, and all the passages we've gone through talk about the same event? Keep going. As dawn spreads over the mountains, so there is a great and mighty people. There has never been anything like it, nor will there uh, be again after it to the years of many generations, through the years of all generations, literally is what that says. Again, a day like none like it. Remember, Peter, the first sermon of the church, quoted Joel chapter 2. The sun grows dark. The moon doesn't give its light. It's a day. There's none before, none after it. So we have four texts that talk about the same day and reference the, the rapture. Okay. All right. So at that time, Christians will be looking for the coming of Christ when we're seeing all these things. So they're the only ones, and we talked about that. Hey, don't go to the wilderness. It tells to the Christians, but to the Jews, they're taken to the wilderness, Revelation 12, 14. But the two wings of a great eagle were given to the woman, Israel, so she would fly to the wilderness right after the abomination of desolation to her place where she was nourished for a time, times, and half the time, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,260 days from the presence of the serpent or Satan. Remember, he's cast down in Revelation 12. All right. Remember when the fullness of Gentiles come in in Romans chapter 11, verse 25 and 26? What, what does it say there? When the fullness of Gentiles, that's all the Gentiles that are going to become born again or saved, all Israel is saved. That happens at the abomination of desolation. When they look upon him who they pierce and they repent, and they're taken to the wilderness and saved. So the fullness of Gentiles come in just prior to the abomination of desolation. At the sixth and seventh seal, the sixth seal is great tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble, a day like no other, not before, not after. The sun grows dark, the moon doesn't give its light. That's what's happening on earth. In heaven, there's war. Satan is cast out. We'll read it next. The trumpet judgments begin with the seventh seal, and that's why Jesus said in John 12, 31, now judgment is upon the world. He is referring to the trumpet judgments. Now the ruler of the world will be cast out. Guess, that's Satan, cast out of where? Heaven. Okay, yeah. And if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself, the fulfillment of the Great Commission. And folks, that's what we need to be concerned about is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and hurting world going out and fulfilling the Great Commission. So Christ is looking forward to that day, that six-seal rapture. The war in heaven happens right at the abomination of desolation. Remember when the Antichrist goes into the temple, proclaims himself God, Satan is going into the temple, the real temple in heaven, and war breaks out. Revelation chapter 12, starting at verse 6. Then the woman Israel fled to the wilderness, where she had a place prepared by God so that she would be nourished for 1,260 days, three and a half years, the last three and a half. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels were waging war with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels waged war. And they were not strong enough, and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels, stars, were thrown down with him. Sixth seal, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree uh, casts its ripe tree when shaken by a great wind. Back to Revelation 12.10. 
Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. And the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. You see, if the rapture was pre-trib, why would we be in heaven celebrating a marriage supper when Satan and his demons are still there? They're not cast out clearly till the abomination of desolation. In fact, all of this points to the rapture at the breaking of the sixth seal. All right, angels are often called stars. Let's just go through that. Revelation 1.20, the seven stars are, are, are the angels of the seven churches. Angels called stars. Revelation 6.12, I broke the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. Uh, the sun, the moon became like blood, and the stars fell, uh, Stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree. Uh, Judges 5.20, the stars fought from heaven, speaking of angels. Job 38.7, the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, speaking of angels. His tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. That's Satan taking a third of the angels with them who followed him. So all we see stars falling to the earth at the breaking of the sixth seal is not literally stars falling to the earth. It's probably demons and Satan being cast down to the earth and the, their power shaken. At the same exact time, the 144,000 are sealed. Uh, Revelation 7, 3 and 4 saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their forehead. And I heard the number of those who were sealed. 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. In that same text, after these things, I looked and behold a great multitude in heaven that no one could count from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hand. And that is the raptured saints. The first time in the book of Revelation that we're seen in heaven worshiping God. All right, there's the timeline again, the last seven years. Everybody will know the exact timing of the second coming because it's seven years from this. Uh, they will not know the timing of the rapture, but we will see these signs and know it's right in here somewhere. So it won't overtake us like a thief. Uh, the battle in heaven happens right at the abomination of desolation. Satan's cast down, sixth seal is broken. It's a day like no other day, not before or after, because Satan is finally cast out of heaven once and for all, and his demons, and the Antichrist is revealed, and God's judgment is about to be poured out on earth. All right. By the way, the white robes always refers to the church or angels or even Christ himself or God the Father. They're all wearing white robes in the descriptions in the Bible. So here's the white robes, and that's that great multitude that no one could count from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. All right, we went over that good enough, so I'm skipping some. All right, Matthew 24, 36, and we have a few minutes. It says, but of the day or the hour, no one knows. Does it say you won't know the season? No, in fact, that phrase, day or the hour, is the same exact phrase they use for the Feast of Trumpets. And it's two days. We just don't know which day it is or what hour they're going to see the crescent moon and blow the trumpets. Okay, that's the idea. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. Now, again, it can't be the second coming. It has to be the rapture. Let's go over what the days of Noah were like. People were eating and drinking and marrying, giving marriage. Won't be happening at the second coming. But at the rapture, it will. All right. Also, the days of Noah it says this, Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on earth had become, that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Are we getting there? Okay, we are getting there. Make no mistake about it. And the Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth. I want you to consider that. Some, some translations say he repented of making man. And his heart was filled with pain. Wow. Days of Noah. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground, birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. 
Remember, the, the whole thing with Noah getting into the ark is a representation of the rapture of the church. Christ said, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? Make no mistake about it, the Christians that stick to the word of God in these last days will be a small remnant bride of Christ. But we will fulfill the Great Commission. And just like Philip was translated to preach to the eunuch, it could be we'll even see God do stuff like that. I mean, amazing, amazing stuff. Second Timothy 3, we know it. Hey, in the last days, difficult times will come. Man, men will be lovers of self, lovers of money. We know the whole thing. It's like we are in the last of the last days. Matthew 24, 13, but the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. We already read it. The end of the church age, the rapture of the church. We haven't fulfilled that yet. How many nations uh, haven't heard the gospel yet? Do you remember where we're at? We're about a thousand people groups that have never heard the gospel. Okay, we have a ways to go. Now, um, Rick Warren, as part of this Gospel 2020 mission thing, they're trying to get the gospel to all of those by 2020. Think about that. Man, is that true? It'll be preached to the whole world, and then the end will come, then the rapture? Huh. They're trying to fulfill the Great Commission by 2020. We need to be praying for that. Amen? All right. Ah, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which is spoken of through the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, we read about it already. Let the reader understand. This occurs between the fifth and sixth seal. So let's review. We, we've got two minutes. Sixth seal is the day of the Lord. Remember, abomination, the sixth seal breaks. Sun, moon, grow dark. That's throughout a day like no other, not before, not since, and not again. Uh, war in heaven. Uh, the world mourns, they hide from Christ appearing in the sky, but he doesn't come to the earth. Rapture takes place, a resurrection. Israel's taken to the wilderness, 144,000 are sealed, and God's judgment and wrath begins to be poured out while we go to the Bema seat, reward seat, and marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven. I can't wait that. Any questions? Well, um, so uh, this isn't the seven-year period. All of this is from the abomination when the Antichrist goes into the temple, and all of this is the breaking of the sixth seal, just that one seal right after the abomination of desolation. So let's end with this. Uh, I mean, it's like, folks, I got to tell you, I want to go home today. I really do. Uh, I want the rapture to be pre-trib. I desire that. But if we're here, God will give us the strength and the tools to fulfill the Great Commission and to do great exploits for the kingdom of God. And he will provide hidden manna to provide for us. And Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 35, we read it all the time. But all of these things are the first five seals that we just read about. Note this, Romans 8, 35. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. Those are the first five seals. He's given us a, a hint. Hey, none of that will separate us from the love of Christ. Uh, just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Are you afraid to die for your faith? Have you thought about it? But in all these things, we are overwhelmingly more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. No matter what, we are going to be victorious. And any trial we have to face in this life, God will give us the strength to sustain, persevere, and endure the trial. Amen. Sun restores my soul, satisfies my need.
Thank you for listening to Staying the Course with Pastor Brett Peterson. If you would like a copy of this message or would like to submit a prayer request or comment, contact us at 949-888-5777 or email us at info at ccbcu.edu. God bless you as you seek and serve him. Remember, stay the course, and we'll see you next week.